strong hands clamped around the back of Connor Fraser's neck. Their touch as cold as the steel he could feel in their grasp. They forced his head down, bending him over. Instinctively, he brought his hands up to his face, blocking the knees directed at his chin and temple. He heard a grunt of laughter as his opponent changed tactic in response to Connor's defence and started stabbing at his side with knee strikes. Connor rolled away from the kicks as much as he could, focused on his breathing, closed his eyes, felt the blows pepper his ribs, ignored the pain, searched for the rhythm. There. He dropped his guard, grabbed the knee aimed for his left side, felt his opponent stagger back, pirouetted with a sudden shift in weight and swept his leg out, shin scything his attacker's legs from under him. A moment of weightlessness as the pressure on his neck eased as his opponent crashed to the floor. Connor twisted, pounced, grabbed his attacker's shoulder and dragged him onto his back, then fell on him, his knees pinning him as he sat in his chest. Connor grunted, pulled back his fist, ready to strike, to destroy the face of the man who had dared attack him. Jesus, big lad, cut yourself on. You look like you're gonna fucking do me one. Connor blinked, lowered his fist slowly. Simon McCartney grinned up at him warily, as though he was laughing at a joke he knew he should find funny, but somehow couldn't. Connor rolled off his friend, bounced onto his feet, then stretched down, offering his hand. Simon took it, hauled himself upright, the weariness in his smile now bleeding into his eyes. Thought you said this was going to be a bit of light sparring, nothing serious, Simon said, as he peeled off his boxing mitts and threw them to the floor. Says the man who was trying to rearrange my teeth with his knee, Connor replied. Simon gave another smile, this time more genuine. I fair play, he said. Though you're getting better all the time, Connor. Not sure how much more I can teach you here. Connor shrugged off the compliment as he headed for his kit bag at the far end of the room. He had found the place three months ago. A slightly tired, utilitarian gem on an industrial state on the western edge of Stirling. He had been looking for a place to train that was free from the ghosts and painful memories of the gym he had used on Craig's roundabout. It was nothing more than it said it was. An industrial unit filled with weights and machines. A place to work. Not spend two hours between sets as you updated Facebook or Instagram or TikTok with a live stream of how well your workout was going. It was on one of his early morning visits to the gym a visit fueled by a night of bad dreams and a vague, unformed dread about how Jen's rehabilitation was going, that Connor had met Dean Lawson, the gym's owner. About fifty, with a smile that was full of teeth and devoid of humour, Dean was essentially an extension of his gym. All business, no bullshit. He had been a prison officer for eighteen years and decided a career change was in order, after an inmate tried to give him some free cosmetic surgery with the end of a sharpened toothbrush. Dean had always been interested in fitness. My line of work I'd be a fool not to be, son. So he had opened the gym. Simply called Lawson's, it had started off with Dean and a few of his friends. 
Over time, the clientele had grown, and soon Dean had leased the next-door unit and expanded. With the explosion of housing developments around Stirling as families were driven further from Glasgow and Edinburgh by rocketing property prices, he was soon inundated with a flood of young professionals who thought they should look like their favourite movie stars, retirees with too much time on their hands, and bored stay-at-home parents who mistook a trip to the gym for an afternoon coffee and catch-up with their friends. The place had been so successful that Dean had partnered with a local martial arts dojo and started offering classes in the expanded gym. And then the pandemic struck. Overnight, Dean saw his business collapse. He kept the place going, first with his own money, then with government aid, until in desperation he started dragging pieces of equipment outside and offering workouts in the car park. 